The Christmas season is populated by all, <clears throat> all sorts of unusual quasi-mystical figures that arouse curiosity and spark our sense of wonder. None more prominent than Santa Claus and his entourage. Who is this jolly old elf and how did he ever arrive on our Christmas scene? One may well ask. I've always been a fan of Santa's and a believer in his life story and his work. And let me tell you, it all started with St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas was a third century Christian bishop in Asia Minor, modern day Turkey, who was known for helping the poor and needy. His, his own parents died when he was less than five and he got taken in by the church where they had been active and he became very uh, avid churchman and very supportive of uh, carrying on the ministry as he understood it of Jesus, helping the poor and needy. After Nicholas's death, the legend of his generosity grew uh, even greater. He became known as a protector of children and sailors and coopers, and his association with gift-giving expanded even more. Even after the Protestant reformers, a thousand years after he died, turned away from the practice of honoring saints, the veneration of St. Nicholas continued, especially in Holland, but throughout Protestant Europe. The Dutch continued to celebrate the Feast of St. Nicholas, December 6th, also known for another reason as Twelfth Night, the last day of the Christmas season. It was common practice for youngsters to put out their wooden shoes the night before Christmas, only to discover in the morning what gifts St. Nicholas had left behind. Dutch immigrants brought the legend of St. Nicholas, or his nickname, Sinterklaas, to America in the 1700s. As time went on, St. Nicholas continued to evolve and transform. Sinterklaas became Santa Claus. And instead of dispensing gifts on December 6th, he became a part of the Christmas holiday. Meanwhile, the holiday itself went from being a boisterous, outdoor, rowdy affair, kind of stirring up the local hooligans, to becoming a hearth-centered celebration of domesticity and family sharing. In the 1820 poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, by prominent New Yorker Clement Clark Moore, Santa is described as a jolly, heavy man who magically slides down the chimney to leave presents for deserving children and flies from house to house in a sleigh pulled by tiny reindeer. 
Hudson Valley author Washington Irving was an active promoter of the Santa Claus legend, and he loved the figure. In 1835, Irving helped found the St. Nicholas Society of New York, serving as its secretary for many years. The cartoonist Thomas Nast, who gave us the donkey, meaning for the symbol of the Democrats and the elephant, it's a symbol of the Republicans. Thomas Nast further embellished the Christmas story by redesigning Nicholas's bishop's vestments into the red suit with white fur trim we all know him by today. There are similar figures to Santa Claus around the world. Christkind, or Kris Kringle, was believed to deliver presents to well-behaved Swiss and German children. He is an angel-like figure, often accompanied by St. Nicholas on his holiday rounds. English lore has it that Father Christmas visits every home on Christmas Eve to fill up children's stockings. In Scandinavia, a jolly elf elf named Juktomten delivers his cache of presents in a sleigh drawn by goats. Père Noël is the one who fills the shoes of French children. The Italians have a legend about a woman named La Bafana, a kindly gift-bestowing witch who, slot, who rides a broomstick down the chimneys of well-behaved kids on Christmas Eve. All these figures are personifications, ultimately, of generosity. There is also a minor element of judgment in these gift givers. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you wise. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been good or bad. So be good, or you'll get a lump of coal in your stocking, which my stepbrother once did when we were kids. <laughs> he deserved it, too. How would you like that, parents say? And most parents have viewed some variation of this mild threat, and it is fairly effective during the two or three weeks immediately before Christmas. Plus, there is another way the legend of dear old Santa Claus is effective. The way it lures us, adults and children, joyfully, willingly, if only for a season, to suspend our disbelief and, with the wide eyes of children, look forward to wonderful acts of kindness coming from wonderfully magical people, people like the multiple iterations of St. Nicholas, Père Noël, Juke Tolman, Father Christmas and all, people also like their parents, their grandparents, aunts, uncles and cousins, their parents' friends and neighbors, their fellow congregants at church. Christmas is all about generosity, the spirit of freely giving of ourselves and freely 
receiving graciously. Christmas is all about loosening our belts and goosing our hearts and our imaginations on whatever level we possibly can. So if we can splurge at all, Christmas invites us to splurge now and for the sake of wanting to be good children in our lives, longing that they be recognized as deserving, which all children are. As they reach out for love, let us reach back to these kids. If we all, all that we are enabled to do by our circumstances with love in the form of some gift they long for, it need not be a gift material, it can be the gift of time, attention, care. We all long for something. It may be something material. It may be something political or spiritual. It may be reconciliation with estranged loved ones or a renewed appreciation of talents or interests of one's own that have languished or atrophied. It may be the touch of a friend. Christmas is about considering what you are longing for and about asking yourself what loved ones in your life are longing for too and responding as generously as you are able. Let Christmas be a celebration of our hearts, a celebration of love and hope and generosity in each of our homes and among everyone's kith and kin. Why not? I know that some Unitarian Universalists struggle with the fairy tale like imagery of folklore and myth. Please, this one season, give way to fancy. Allow your imagination to engage in the language and longings of your heart's desire, if only for a season. Why stifle the urge to reach back to the hopeful longings of the young at heart? Their hearts are pure and good. I know they are. I have met with the youth in our church and the children. And I know that Amanda Ulhan, our religious education director, safeguards their tender hearts with all her strength and all her care and all her power. And that this is good. And in the spirit of everything good about Christmas. Amen and blessed be.